Welcome to the Two Wealth Show, a show that shares how you can create real wealth for you and your family. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Bogard, and my co-host is Elizabeth Sickles, aka Super E. I am a real estate note investor specializing in performing residential real estate debt. I find the deals, acquire them for my own portfolio, as well as educate investors while walking them through the process of owning a real estate note. My co-host, Super E, a real estate investor, specializing in short-term rentals and the management of them. She connects investors with short-term tenants and manages everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. You can find out more information by visiting our websites at brightpathnotes.com and elizabethmayora.com. Welcome to episode nine. We have a very special guest, and I am Elizabeth Sickles with Elizabeth Mayora. Well, hi, Elizabeth. I'm Justin Bogar with Bright Path Notes, and we do have a special guest today. This special guest, well, it's on my screen this way, is Mr. Joe Varndor. So, a round of, round of applause. <gasps> Joey, Joey. <laughs> and the crowd roars, and they're on their feet. <laughs> I uh, I have dubbed Joe Okeechobee, Okeechobee Joe, Elizabeth. So we had a we had a meetup last week that I had Joe as my guest on, and uh, was talking about all this stuff about notes and stuff. <clears throat> and so I did a little thing at the beginning to where um, I found a picture of Okeechobee and I, I put his headshot next to this building that says "Welcome to Okeechobee." So I just greetings started, from Okeechobee. Greetings, greetings from Okeechobee because Okeechobee is a small town in Florida, just like. Where I live in Lapel, Indiana is a real small town in Indiana. So it's just kind of funny. We went back and forth with that. So it was a lot of fun. So anyways, I call him Okeechobee, Okeechobee Joe. <laughs> and Okeechobee means big water, right? Very good. Um, I do Agua listen. Largo. Agua Largo. <laughs> Agua Largo. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so Elizabeth, Joe is uh, a note investor. Not only is he a note investor, but he's one of the note investors. He's at an elite level. And I actually got training from Joe. Joe is my mentor. And Joe is actually the person that got me into the note business. Um, Joe came into Indianapolis one time at our local RIA club. And he was talking about note investing. And I always tell the story, everybody. I'm just like, what the heck would someone invest in mortgages? And then he's, he taught this class. I'm like, okay, I need to hear this stuff. And, he, and then my eyes were just like this. <laughs> the whole time looking at whatever he was showing and how you make money and all this stuff. And ever since then, I just, I've been a note guy. So thank you, Joe. You changed well, my you life. Know, Justin, you're welcome. And you know, we, you were what we call at note school, a, an action taker. You're not a action. question maker. You're an action taker. <laughs> an action taker. I like that. I'll take that. Thank you. So anyways, Joe's been in the business for, gosh, I don't want to date him, but he's definitely he definitely had his first flip uh, when I was born. <laughs> I just said I was born sometime in the 70s. So. <laughs> Off screen, I'm making some kind of gesture there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's always fun to have you on, Joe. <laughs> but you never know, right? <laughs> right. That's right. So, Joe, so Elizabeth, Joe, he knows he's done everything in the note business from commercial notes to residential notes, performing, not performing, seller financing, what we call partials. He's, he's done it all. So he's going to be a great guest for today, but what he does know 
is he's been through all these cycles in real estate in general, and especially in the note business. So he has a very uh, intimate knowledge, if you will, of how the banking industry does and how the lending practices are during all these cycles, especially right now. So I think some of the topics today are going to be more around that. And so um, <clears throat> Joe kind of, kind of, we'll just jump into it here. So um, the GSEs, the government sponsored entities, is that correct? Government sponsored. I always say entities. It's actually technically enterprises, but enterprises. Yes. <clears throat> okay. You so learned we got... it from me. So you would have said entities because I always say entities, right? <laughs> I'm a good student, right? <laughs> there you go. You are. So Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae are the three main ones, correct? Right. So Elizabeth, in 1929, what, what happened? What was famous in 1929? Stock market crash. And the great, great, great depression, right? Right. Well, this is when those, those I'm going to say entities, those enterprises were created. Right. It was about 90-some years ago. And their job, their number one job is to basically gobble up the loans from the big banks for them so they can have liquidity and they can originate more loans. And that's the theory behind it. It's just it's cyclical there. It's just circle and circle and circle. So this is who, from my understanding, and Joe's going to jump in and talk about this as well, is who really dictates dictates what the banks will do as far as their lending practices and their lending um, criteria. Right. So one of the big headlines, uh, I want to say it was last one. We're recording this in May, just so the audience knows. And one of the headlines, I think, in early May or late April was Chase Bank um, needs 20% down and a 720 credit score. Right. <laughs> Before that, well, in February, it's probably like like 2% down and probably a 600 credit score. Well, it was, it was a 620 and uh, 5%. Yeah. So you weren't far off there, Justin. Yeah. That's, that's incredible change. Well, and... You know, there's been so much happened in the last, what, 60 days? Um, I mean, who would have thought in, you know, the thing with, with 08, 09, 07, 08, 09, if you, were, if you had a brain, you saw that coming, right? I mean, you knew that real estate prices weren't going to go up 20% a year forever, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, this time, it was, it was a, a big surprise, right? And so... Um, all of the, and the crazy thing is that, so there are, there are a lot of what we, what's called forbearances going on. So I can't, if your, if your loan was guaranteed by Fannie, Freddie, you know, the government sponsored entity slash enterprises, then you could call and you could get uh, what is called a forbearance, meaning that, okay, we'll just throw your next three payments onto the back of your loan, right? So there were so many calls coming into them to get this forbearance that these entities and enterprises, they just uh, randomly just said, we're getting too many calls. We're just going to let everybody have a forbearance. Okay. All that's good until some of the people that have a for that, that didn't know they had a forbearance. Now they go to a lender wanting to refinance their loan because the rates are so low and voila, they can't get it because you're in a forbearance. You're saying you can't make your payments and then now you want us to refinance your loan. No, we're not going to do that, right? Can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Right. So we've got that going on on one side. And then on the other side, I mean, you know, when you hear these rates, Justin, you know, at 2% and 2.5% and all this kind of stuff, I mean, those are for those select few 
that, you know, have a big job, their best income ratio is 43% or less. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, they've got perfect credit, right? Um, then those are called qualified mortgages. And then everybody else falls into this non-qualified mortgages, which means, you know, your debt to income ratio is more than 43. Um, so uh, you're, you, you're, you know, you can't prove your income. I mean, you and, you know, the three of us, you and Elizabeth and I, we're entrepreneurs, right? I mean, yep. and our biggest job at tax time is to reduce our income <laughs> to a level that we don't have to pay legally, right? I'm not legally, talking about funny stuff. I'm talking about legally, right? So, and we don't get a W-2. We, you know, give ourselves a 1099 or it is what it is, right? So we're those, we fall into that non-QM, non-qualified mortgage, right? Which, you know, we're going to pay somewhere between five and seven or eight or 9%. And that's where many people, you know, ended up being. Well, when this whole COVID thing started, that was really the first thing to shut down was that, okay, we're not going to, those are a little more risky so we're just going to shut those down. So non-QM mortgages almost, almost have almost gone away, which means there is a huge credit crunch, meaning that you can't go to the place you could have went to two and a half months ago to get a loan, right? right. And then to top it off, on Friday, um, this wasn't very widely, unless you get some of the trade, you know, the information from the mortgage from the lending trade and the investment banks and stuff like that, the, uh, the feds had to go in. And they had to inject some liquidity into the market, meaning that these loans that the, um, the big banks had made, the feds went in and bought those hmm. to give some liquidity because there wasn't, a, there wasn't a secondary market for those, right? There wasn't because they, they didn't hit that 720% down, but they were already in the works, so the banks already closed them. And, and so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time right now that is right for folks like, you know, that they're like us that are investors to use to buy with seller financing. And, you know, not only that, but the, the landlords that are out there that are going, you know what, this isn't as passive as I thought it was going to be. Right. <laughs> so I'd rather have passive income and buy notes that I, you know, you know what I mean. So I, I, I'm going to let you interject some things in here, Dustin. Sorry for talking. That's okay. That. No, you're fine. No, this is a good conversation because you can just sit back and listen to Joe talk and he just knows so much about the business. Um, but that's, that's a lightly in a sense, that's what's kind of going on with lending practices and why it's just more challenging to get loans, which is why, Elizabeth, you've heard me preach this soapbox for, for over a month now about seller financing and the opportunities. And this is, this is great information leading into that saying, okay, it's, it's, you know, it, it's obvious now if when the banking, you know, requirements are getting tighter and tighter that those people still need a mortgage, right? <laughs> so it's when people that have the private uh, money, the, you know, cash, they're sitting on cash in their retirement account or just sitting on cash when they lend on real estate. Now that's where it's going to be huge for them. Uh, right. Because they're going to be able to set set the terms at the the not the premium level, but like the level where it's appropriate for fair market uh, mortgage interest rates. Well, and you know, Justin, we 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 preach so much. I mean, most people when they think about you know seller, they're like, oh yeah, I got it, yeah, I got yeah. it. And <clears throat> what they create is a super substandard note, 
Right. Yeah. And then they <laughs> want to sell it for top dollar. You've never come across that in the note business, have you, I mean, Dustin? I've probably seen a thousand out of a thousand of them. <laughs> like I mean, you did you did more than fifty, <clears throat> you know, note deals last year in right. one of your businesses, right? So right. you saw it a lot, right? Yeah. And it's because of how they acquire their their borrower, right? Well, just seller financing, no money, no problem, no credit, right. no problem, right? Instead of throwing something like this, which is basically private loan available with uh, to a well-qualified buyer with a large down payment. Hmm, private right. loan, it's not seller financing. So, hmm, this is something special, right? And it's, it's, it's getting the right buyer. You know, I was talking to a guy that I know out in, in Seattle, and uh, I'm an airplane buff, right? And he worked, he was test pilot for Boeing. And he said, Joe, he said, I need your help, dude. He says, uh, we were supposed to close. You know, I'm buying a house, $330,000 house. I had a 10% down loan through the local lender. Well, we went to close. I got laid off for a little while and can't close. And I said, okay, let's, let's talk to the sellers about doing seller financing. They basically did the same loan. Now it was a five, it was a six and a half percent loan, but he still put $30,000 down. And in, in this case, the borrowers were, or the sellers were, they owned this house free and clear. So they just created a $300,000, 6% loan for 30 years, right? Yeah. And they would have, they would, would have rather done that anyway, because they wanted the cash flow. If they would have gotten that $300,000, they would have had to go out and find some place to invest it. Yeah, exactly. And it's 72 years old on the sellers. They didn't want to go put it in the stock market. Right now, it's about preservation of capital. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can you do, I follow Robert Kiyosaki, and can you do a little bit of background? Like, Because he was saying that the repo market was already an issue before COVID hit. So there were things that, are gonna, that were going to be happening. So can you just explain what is the repo market? Well, you know, there are, since 2000, really, since 2007, the fall of 2007, when the proverbial poop hit the fan, um, the feds have tried to keep the banking industry propped up, right? I mean, instead of, and, and Justin knows this story very well, instead of saying, okay, let's go in and blanket foreclose on all of these properties. Um, let's just go in and, and, and let's just advise these banks. We'll just, we'll let them sell these loans instead of, instead of foreclosing. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, you want to keep the market, you've got to keep the market liquid. You've got to keep the market with um, people have to have confidence in it because as Justin was mentioning there with these government sponsored entities, all of this stuff, all of these loans end up in, in uh, is mortgage backed securities, right? So you create these loans and then they're, there you take all of you know 10,000 loans and you dump them into this securitization and then those are sold to uh, investment banks teachers uh, pension funds the firemen's pensions funds they're sold with you know all around the world and so in order to keep the confidence in the system it has to be it has to be constantly propped up so Based on on all of those, yeah, I mean the the uh, the marketplace was not as cheery and as rosy as it was all painted you know painted to be for these last few years because it was still government intervention kind of backhandedly right nobody really knew that the, the challenges that were going on in the marketplace because 
I mean, let's face it, there are four and a half billion people right now that aren't paying their mortgage payment. They have a forbearance. Now, put that into perspective, the servicers, the companies like Mr. Cooper and, and the, the biggest servicers that receive the payments, and they, their deal was that whether the payment was made or not, they still have to make the payment. So they're making a payment on four and a half million loans that aren't being paid on right now. So that whole market, guys, is going to change, right? This yeah. whole servicing market, because they can't do that, right? I mean, right. you can't continue to make, you have no money coming in. So there is a marketplace out there right now. And, and Justin, you and I talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah, everybody's saying, oh, well, we're going to buy non-performing loans again. Well, you're not going to buy them right now. It's just like right. people say, well, short sales are back. <clears throat> well, right. it's a little too premature for that, right? right? We're talking about maybe January of, of 2021 before we see a lot of this because the banks have a process that they charge these loans down and then they sell them. Exactly. Yeah. There are definitely people out there saying that, Joe, exactly what you said. There's a... Be, be prepared now. Get ready to buy now. Well, and it's, and, it can't. It's not possible for them to be available tomorrow. Just like right. after, you know, unfortunately, when that hurricane went through in Florida and in Texas, like there right. were non-performing loans that came out of them, but they sure didn't happen the next month. You know, they, they well, take a while. There is, there is one thing that history has taught us, Justin. Yeah. The banks don't want your house. They don't. I mean, really, truly. Yeah. They don't, they're in the money business. They're not in the real estate business. <laughs> it's like when you pull through McDonald's, right? But McDonald's is not in the burger business. They're in the money business. The guy that runs and owns that McDonald's franchise, he's in the burger business. Yeah. <laughs> and so the banks will, you know, look, this is a, this is a crazy opportunity for the people that, that know the strategies behind all this. And I know, you know, with your meetup and everything that you do, Justin, I mean, you, you, you do a great job on educating the folks that, you know, that follow you. But I, but what's going to happen as well is that Justin, you and I've talked about this over the years. There has, there has been, we call it a deal starved, yield starved environment. They're now all of these folks that weren't invested in the stock market. And if you'll recall a phrase that, that I just started saying again last week, basically. And if you remember during when we were buying, you know, crazy buying non-performing notes three and a half, four years ago, we called it the stock market refugees. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. So now you've got not only these folks that were, you know, burnout landlords and all that wanting to take and invest money. Now we've got all these stock market refugees that took their lumps. They moved out of the stock market and now they're sitting on a lump sum of cash. Yeah. So there's a lot of dynamics going on right now. And of course, you know, a lot of fake news going on, right? So Absolutely. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Well, I, uh, I, for one, Joe, thank you for being on today. Um, it's you. been, it's been a quick, a quick few minutes that we've got to talk about this, but we did hit all the highlights and I'm glad you were able to explain with your experience, how this, how this works and what this looks like and what, what we can look forward to as far as if you're looking for other places to invest into notes, especially 
um, you know, lending on real estate is just, you're not, I don't know if you'll ever see a time like this that'll be so uh, apparent that's needed. But certainly, if you take advantage of it, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Well, and Justin, you know, I've had people that, you know, just as a closing thought here, just to kind of, you know, give everybody the light, the bright light at the end of the tunnel. Look, you know, somebody said, well, you know, what about our notes? And I said, look, guys, you, when you invest in a note, you're not investing in that note at 80 or 90% of the value of the property, right? Right. We have something called, and I'm sure Justin has taught called investment to value. So if the house is worth a right. hundred, we may be in that. We may have bought an $80,000 note for $60,000, right? Or 65 or $70,000. So let me tell you something. If the real estate market dropped enough that, that dropped 30%, your note would not be, a, that's not going to be your biggest problem. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more colleges in the world than that. So, yeah. you know, we just say, you know, stay the course, keep investing. Um, I like the old saying, you know, what is the Brits? Keep calm and carry on. You know, I like okay. to say, yeah. keep, keep calm and note on. And note on. Nice. That's you a good way You give me credit for that twice, Justin, then you can own it. I, I like it. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, I want you to keep him, you know, keep him. <clears throat> You know, keep his head from not getting so big, right? Keep yeah, him, uh, you know. <laughs> somebody's got to keep me grounded. Pull him back. So, well, Joe, I yeah, appreciate thank, what you guys are doing out there. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for providing all that information today. We really appreciate it. And uh, Elizabeth, do you have any closing thoughts for today? I don't, but thank you for your knowledge, Joe, and for explaining everything. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah we got, appreciate you guys let, as well. Let it settle Thanks so in. much. Love <laughs> everything that Joe's got to say. Let's settle in. So, all right, guys. Well, this was episode number nine. I'm Justin Bogart from Bright Path Notes. We got our guest today, Joe Varnador, and uh, my mentor, my friend. <laughs> I love you, Joe. I love you too, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we got the amazing Super E. Woo woo! Don't forget to check out this video cast on the Bright Path Notes new YouTube channel or the Elizabeth Mayora's YouTube channel. Until next time, see you guys. Thank you. Bye, Neil. The Two Wealth Show is produced by Justin Bogart and Super E, sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. Thanks for listening and watching for our show. 